Philadelphia Union, San Jose, Earth, DC, Los Angeles, Galaxy, Beach Pass, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Seattle Sounders, Montreal Impact, Touch USA, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Who's up for some bonus Pitch Pass? Well, obviously you are because you downloaded the episode, and thank you very much for doing that. Did you get the one from earlier this week? Go get it right now at PitchPass.com. We had Amobi Akugo of Philadelphia Union on, and then he promptly turned around and scored. They lost, but we won't talk about that. And Sebastian Salazar of Comcast Sportsnet Houston talking about Houston, Dynamo, and D.C. United. So go check that out. Speaking of D.C. United, one of the most respected players in MLS decided to hang up his boots. Suddenly, if you are an outsider, we'll get the whole scoop on what went into the retirement and what happens next for defender Robbie Russell, who joins us right now on Pitch Pass. Robbie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm very well, uh, although I am not recently retired, so I guess I don't have the weight of the world off my shoulders. So what are you going to do? Are you going to travel the world? <laughs> are you going to get an RV? What are you going to do? Uh, I wish all those things were in my future, <laughs> but sadly I don't think they are. Um, I think the next big purchase for me will probably be some pencils, papers, and notebooks from... Uh, from a, a school supply store and maybe a computer. We'll see. Now, do you have to go and get all your stuff from the school store, or will you get your supplies just from your local drugstore? Well, of course, you know, anytime you become a student at a school, you get like a discount if you buy it from the school store. Um, so I'm going to do my best to kind of keep things as cheap as possible. Yes. Uh, so I'll begin looking for all the discounts I can get. Um, so you're a non-traditional student. You will be. Will you be a non-traditional student even for the medical program? Um, I will be a non-traditional student for the medical program. By the way, you do um, you most, do know you know what you kind of go through their undergrad and then kind of go straight to medical school, whereas I kind of took a 13-year hiatus. Yes, because you know exactly what I what I mean when I say non-traditional student. As a, as somebody who was in college, that means of course old student. Yes, of course. <laughs> Are you uh, are you at all upset that David Beckham tried to steal your retirement thunder? Uh, I mean, I was a little disappointed that he would pick that day to do it. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I do understand that he's in Europe right now. So he didn't necessarily know what was going on. Um, so I'll give him the leeway on this one and uh, wish him the best on his retirement as well. Yeah, yes. You had all day yesterday to, to bask in the retirement glory. Now it's, it's David's turn. There you go. <laughs> Um, so I guess the, the big question is, and I know you did an extensive uh, interview with, with Stephen Goff of the Washington Post. It was a great write-up uh, in the Post. But uh, just for people who may not have read that article, why, why now? And, and I say why now because as an athlete, you are in season. So why now and not, say, four months ago? Well, um, it was one of those situations where um, last year um, the club decided not to um, – pick up my option and they chose to kind of renegotiate my contract down um and that to me was kind of a message saying okay we we do enjoy how you enjoy you having on having you on the team but i don't think you're necessarily in our plans um and i kind of understood that at that point that i needed to kind of get my you know ducks in a row so to speak um because i knew that this was going to be my last year um and so i I started the application process and was kind of, you know, just hoping to kind of get lucky and get in somewhere, and I did. And so then the plan was to kind of defer um, till the end of the season. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, the way this season has gone for me in terms of playing time, um, it kind of made me 
to sit down with my family and have like a real serious conversation as to um, you know, whether or not it was worth it. And when I say worth it, it's just because um, my program is like an 18-month program. And if I started in the fall, kind of after, you know, sort of towards the end of the season, uh, what would happen is that I would I would finish in the summer, um, which is when I would have to take my MCAT. Um, but unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to take the MCAT that year. I would have to take it. I'd have to wait almost another year to take it to the next round. Whereas if I start in the summer, then I end the fall, and I can kind of, you know, only have half the time to take the MCATs and, and be done with my whole program and, and applying to medical school within two years. Um, so it was just kind of one of those situations where, combined with my playing time, combined with um, what had happened during the off season, I kind of had to make a, a decision, um, and uh, I think it was the best decision for me and my family. So you, I, just let me walk me through the timeline. So do you do you start the application process in the MLS off season? Yeah, towards and, the end of the season. Yeah, off season. And when did you find out you got into Georgetown? Um, I found out probably. I can't remember the date exactly. Uh, I want to say like two, maybe three months ago. Okay, so the season um, the season then, had started. You were you were knee deep in in at least preparations, and it if was not, kind of the, right around the end of preseason that I kind of figured it out. And so at that point, because my thing was my thinking was if if you kind of knew this is the that the 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 eighteen month program was going to limit you, why didn't you just start the process in the in the winter before the season started? But you didn't know that you were going to get in until after you had started the preparations for this coming season. Yes, and so and it also turned into a situation where once I'd gotten in, there's an option where you can kind of defer your entrance. Yeah, like you know, and so my plan was is if I did get in, maybe I see how the season goes, and I decided defer. Um, but it kind of turned into one of the situations where, you know, if you, if you look at my stats for the season, I haven't really played a whole lot. And, um, it, it's one of those things where I, it was, a, it was a conversation I had with DC United. Um, and I think in, in, in both aspects, we both got something out of it in terms of they got, um, to open up a roster spot and, and the chance to kind of look for somebody that they really feel can help them. Um, and I kind of am taking the next steps onto my you know future career. What was your safety school? <laughs> I think when you're applying to those types of programs, there is no safety school. You're just hoping to get in somewhere. <laughs> well, let's not act like you got into the community college down the street from you. You got into Georgetown, so you, you must have had some nice uh, credentials going in. Oh, I mean, I, I, I personally think it was entirely due to the recommendations I got. Um, they were all from some excellent doctors that I worked with you know, in my time in Salt Lake and here at D.C., um, you know, James Gilbert, who works with the team now, is a Georgetown alum, and I'm pretty sure that was the entire reason I got in. <laughs> well, it doesn't. However, you get in it doesn't matter. You're in now, right? <laughs> That's, that, that I'm I'm happy to look at it that way. <laughs> and I don't know if this was covered in the article. What are you planning on studying? Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, most of my internships and experience have been with uh, orthopedic surgeries um, and orthopedic medicine. And so that's really all I know. Um, but I'm also very interested in like emergency medicine and kind of seeing where that goes in the next you know, 10 to 15 years and seeing how that develops because there's a lot of changes in terms of policy and government policy that are occurring in that field. Um, but, you know, when you go through your you know, school and you end up taking your, your rotation, you, you, rotation means you just kind of go through a bunch of different fields that you've narrowed down. Got it. And so I, I'm, I'm waiting until then to kind of really decide what, you know, 
um, what field I really want to uh, pursue. Was it a matter, like, if you had been getting consistent playing time, would this not have been something you would have pursued? Would you have deferred? And if, if that's not the case, what was what was kind of the trigger when you say things weren't really going the way that I wanted them to during the season? Uh, I mean, okay, there's two parts to that. Um, the first part is, is that you can never see, say, the what if. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that isn't what happened. You know, what happened was, is, you know, everything that led up to this moment. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where in the off season we had the contract negotiations, and then during the preseason they had some excellent um, opportunities to pick up, you know, some younger um, right backs and, and defenders that I think they were really excited about. And, 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 and it, you know, I was fully supportive of that. You know, it's good to have competition in the team. Um, but I also think it's one of those things where at my age and knowing how old I was and what, you know, my future held for me in terms of after football, um, it was something I had to take into account. Um, it, it became more than just I'm not playing. It became more I'm not playing and I'm delaying, you know, the inevitable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's speak uh, hypothetically. If you, how long do you think it will be uh, before this isn't something that an MLS player has to deal with? And I, I think you know what I'm asking when I when I ask you that question. I, I think I do know, and um, I honestly hope it. You know, if, if it could be next year, that'd be great. Um, but I, I don't see it happening in terms of the schedule of the league for another maybe five to ten years. Um, I think there's been a lot of guys before us that have laid the groundwork, and every year it gets better, and every year we take steps in the right direction. But um, I do feel it is uh, some distance away at this point, especially for domestic American yeah. um, MLS players. Um, but uh, there's, there's so many things that you can kind of, criticized on the way out and looking at it in hindsight. But um, I, I think the league is doing a great job of, of improving every year and raising the salary, you know, sal- the, the minimum salaries for players and, and getting us to the point where possibly um, we can get, um, you know, a, a chance to retire for good yeah. after we're done playing if we have a successful career. Um, and I think that's, you know, the goal for every athlete and everyone in any industry is to be able to put in their, 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 and put in their hours and then feel at the end of the day that, you know, something that took care of them for the rest of their lives. But uh, you even look at, you know, professional sports like football and, you know, um, NBA basketball, there's no guarantees if you are making those types of money, you know, that type of money that you're going to be taking care of for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, You still have to be, you know, fiscally responsible and, and still have to kind of pay attention to the details when it comes to your contract and, you know, your home life and, and how you take care of your finances. Um, but uh, it, it will be some time before guys can, are making that, that level of income where it can kind of just, you know, feel like they're guaranteed once they're done that they'll be taken care of. People in D.C., people in Salt Lake City know the story of how you ended up in D.C. Maybe people in other MLS cities don't. Um, you, you actually requested a trade from Salt Lake to D.C. because your wife, uh, her career brought her here, and you guys have been doing a long-distance uh, relationship marriage for, for a number of years, and you were able to, to, to reunite. Was, uh, over the offseason, was there a conversation in the Russell household of, 
all right, if I get a great offer from another team somewhere else, I, I have to consider it, or was that not even an option anymore? I don't, I don't think it was a real option. Um, I, to be fair, my wife, who I love dearly, um, she has kind of been following me around for my entire career. You know, she made the sacrifices to come to Europe um, when I was playing over there, and you know, she's kind of done everything you know physically possible to kind of allow me to keep playing. Um, and I think it's it became a point where okay, now you've got a stable job. Um, and, and the fact that she's working is the entire reason that we can afford to do something like this. I mean, medical school is expensive. School is expensive. And, you know, if we didn't have a steady income coming in, um, this wouldn't be possible. Um, so, you know, everything has kind of um, led us to the point where, you know, she is, you know, allowing me to do this because of the fact that, you know, she's earning a good income um, from a great firm. And um, that firm where she's working is based in D.C. So I don't think there was ever really a chance that there were, you know, I was going to go anywhere else. And, and prior to coming to D.C., um, I had some really great offers on the table from other teams. Um, and, you know, I took a huge pay cut to come to D.C. because of the fact that that aspect of things meant so much to our family. The thing that I think a lot of D.C. United fans um, and people who who follow the team kind of thought was going to happen was because Ben Olsen seems like he is big on bringing guys at the tail end of their career in, have them play, have them segue into a coaching role. It happened with Pat Onstad. It happened with Josh Wolf. And then when, when we saw that what you were doing for this year was like, OK, well, Robbie's going to play this last year. Um, he's going to he's going to begin his coaching career. And it wouldn't surprise anybody if he ended up on the D.C. United coaching staff uh for the for the next season was was that something that you thought about at all um i mean it would have been a great honor if you know i'd be considered for that type of role um i know uh, i have a lot of respect for benny i have a lot of respect for josh and the whole staff um i hope they feel the same way but i you know that that conversation never really came up because i think it would have been something that would have been talked about towards the end of the season mm-hmm you know, and I kind of jumped ahead of the gun and was like, okay, this is what I'm pursuing. So if, if that conversation had happened, it would have been a great honor. But uh, unfortunately, it, it never did because of the timing of the situation. I'm going to ask you your regrets question in a second. But first, did everything go the way you wanted it to go at D.C. United? Um, I thought my first year there was excellent. Um, I really was excited about, you know, the possibilities for the club, and I still am. I still think this club has a really bright future. I think right now they're focusing a lot of their resources and a lot of their energies on getting a new stadium, um, which I completely agree with. I think a new stadium would be a rebirth to this team. It would really be um, a chance to kind of uh, take steps to becoming, uh, you know, a, not only a nationwide brand as a soccer team, but also possibly a global brand because D.C. is such a big city and is known all over the world. And um, representing that with a soccer team, which is the world's game, um, would be a huge, huge benefit um, to the club and I think to the city. Um, So I think a lot of their resources are pushing in that direction. And uh, I really hope it works out. And I really hope it was something that, you know, in the next couple of years, I'll be able to go to a D.C. United game in their own, own stadium, which they own. Um, but uh, uh, for now, um, you know, I, I, I do feel like they went in a different direction other than you know, the way I wanted to go. Um, but that is the way of football, and that's how things work. So any regrets as you walk away? Uh, I mean, to be honest, my career has been so far beyond my expectations and so far 
beyond what I initially thought I would get. That you can't. I mean, everyone talks about the injury bug and things like that going wrong. You know, you can't look back. Exactly what happened is what happened. There's no what ifs. Um, and so I'm I'm happy uh, with the way things turned out, and I, I've you know got some great, amazing memories to take away um, from my career, and uh, that's all you can really ask at the end of the day. So I saw that you tweeted um, first the thanks to everybody that that reached out to you on Twitter. It was pretty cool just to see you know other people, other players throughout the the league, and then also the fans uh, giving you their well wishes. But you you said something about the the next match and this week's match. Are you still training with the team? Um, yes, I am still training with the team. Um, I think the coaches uh, made an effort to try and keep me around. I, I think they. They do enjoy having my personality in the locker room, trying to you know help guys and, and lift them up, and you know anything I can do to kind of help DC, especially at this time um, when we've gone through like such a, a tough start to the season, um, I'm willing to do. And I think they appreciated the fact that I wasn't one of those guys that you know maybe a year ago or two years ago I don't get that playing time. Maybe I'm one of those guys that loses his mind a yeah. little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but you, this year, I think they knew my my folks was to help the team as much as possible, and if that meant helping them from the bench or even not um, helping them from like you know a you know a supporting role and and a mental stability in the locker room, then I was willing to do that. Um, uh, I always wish I I could do more, um, but you know sometimes football and and your personal life don't really mesh, and uh, you know that's just the way things go. So what is the plan? Train this week and and be available for selection uh, on Sunday? Well, I've always been available for selection, um, and I, I really hope that you know I get a chance to play. But I think at the end of the day, Benny and the coaches have to go with you know the, the, the first 11 that they feel are you know the, the, the best 11 for the club at the time or you know whatever their decision-making process is, they go with whatever, whichever guys they think are you know, going to get us that win. And um, if that's the case, if they call on me, I would be more than happy to spend my last game playing football for D.C. United. Um, but if they don't, um, I'll be rooting just as hard um, for them from the bench or from the sidelines if need be. But then what happens after that? That's it? After that, um, I think I start the process of trying to get ready for school, which starts pretty soon. Um, June 2nd is my orientation. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll still, you know, occasionally want to stop by the clubhouse and kind of get to know, the, you know, see the guys again. And but I'll, I will be with that awkward old guy that shows up <laughs> every once in a while to say hello and relive the good old days, you know? I'm glad that you said that because as you talked about getting registered, ready to go for June 2nd, but as you talk about, you know, you've retired, but yet you're still training, I, the only image in my head is you're like a high school senior who has already taken their finals and it's just, I'm just showing up for school, but I don't have anything to do. It's just a party time for me. Well, I mean, there's a very big difference between a high school senior and a 33-year-old man. Uh, perhaps, um, perhaps. I, I, I understand the, the whole concept of the um, uh, kind of like senioritis kind yeah. of thing. Um, and to some extent, you know, I've been really enjoying my training and enjoying being around the guys. But I'm also, a, you know, a 13-year veteran who knows what it takes to win games. And I know there's times when you need to be serious and there's times when you need to, you know, relax and blow off steam. And there's times when you need to be the guy that, you know, you know, Pat you on the shoulder and says, "Listen, you got to pick your head up and, and keep going and p- keep pushing." And that's that's the case. And I think that's why the coaches were so accepting of me staying around for this long. Um, I am that you know that guy that knows how that works. Um, so senioritis is always fun, but um, it's also one of those things where at the end of the day, this is a business, and we 
we, we work and we get paid to win games, and that's what our team is trying to do right now. And um, any support I can get for them, because I know that there's guys going to be playing after I'm gone, and it's important that they I, I, I give them as much information, as much help as I can to move on and, and, and play to the best of their ability. Um, and, you know, that's all I'm trying to do. So I'm going to ask you two United questions before I let you go. First, um, and I'm going to ask you to not be or to be as as little of a PC answer as possible. W- what is the mood of the team after this this really, really, really disappointing start? Uh, I mean, naturally, I think a lot of the guys are gutted. Um, it's one of those situations where you know you hate being on the losing side of things and. The way football is, and the way football the football gods are, um, you know, one win can change the whole season for you. Um, and I think a lot of the guys are kind of hoping for that. Um, but it's important to remember that, you know, when we play, you know, this game, it's it's so easy to kind of get bogged down in the seriousness and get bogged down in the don't lose, don't lose, don't lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, I think the best type of player and the best, you know, most successful players are the ones that are like, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the guys are gutted, but it's really important for them to remember that, like, there's a whole city behind them. There's a, you know, great support from the fans. Even if they're angry sometimes, they're still coming out. And I, it's something that you need to take a little bit of pride and respect in, you know, the colors on your shirt. And knowing that, you know, this is the team that you believe for. And uh, I think a lot of the young guys on this team are, are learning that, 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 you know, it's not how you react is going well. It's how you react when things are poor that show your character as a player and, 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 and teaching things that make you better. And then the last thing is there, you guys have a trial, or United has a trialist in uh, Frank Simic, who I think a lot of people nationally are curious as, as to him coming into MLS. Uh, how's he looked in training? Um, it's one of those things where it's so hard to judge a trialist in such a short period of time. Um, I personally like to reserve judgment until I see a guy on a big field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Frank's been looking great. Um, I really hope that, you know, he can bring something to the team um, that'll help them, in the, you know, uh, for the rest of the season um, if the coaches decide to bring him in. Um, and, you know, other than that, I, I can't really make any judgments or anything about him because I've only seen him play a couple times. But, um, you know, he looks like a, a very solid player. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what the, uh, how he does for the rest of his trial. Of all the well wishes, the two tweets that stuck out to me the most that came to you was from first Rashawn McKenzie, who who made fun of your beard, your Salt Lake City beard, your real <laughs> Salt Lake beard, which I thought was very very nice, and then uh, and then Nick Romando, who uh, <laughs> his his tweet was the best. Can, would you like to quote his tweet? Uh, I absolutely would not want to quote because <laughs> there's no reason I want to repeat any yeah. of that. Well, um, no, Nick, Nick, he's a great guy. You know, we had, you know, a very special relationship. He's a, he's, he's, he's a character. I always feel like the uh, strangest characters on the field are always the goalkeepers or the strikers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and Nicky's a perfect example of that. Um, I called Nicky right after I heard the quote and told him that whenever he retires, he needs to make sure the reporter calls me for a quote. Cause, um, I would love to, make my comments. Um, but it, it all stems back to my time at Salt Lake. And we used to, during the playoffs, we'd have a tradition of like voting, you know, guys would kind of dress up for the trip away trips. Yeah. And, um, you they'd do like a team vote to see who was considered the worst dress. Um, I want to say I only lost that, you know, I want to say once or twice. 
Um, but unfortunately, you do it one six, and Nikki loves that aspect of things. <laughs> and he also loves the fact that I'm always carrying a book around, which I think half the time is what skews his voting, is that he feels <laughs> like that the book isn't necessarily a great accessory to have. Um, but uh, I thought it was hilarious, and I, I loved hearing it. He's an antagonizer, for sure. I mean, that is that, that is Nick Romano in a nutshell. But uh, my, I guess my question was, what, what were you wearing that would that would make you get voted worst dressed? Well, I, I think at the time I was wearing, you know, um, a nice set of like Kenneth Cole shoes, yeah. um, some slacks and a button down shirt. Um, but I think it was a little too old fashioned uh, for the trends of the day. I think they don't appreciate that aspect of, you know, in fashion nowadays. They like to be a little more daring. Um, and so I, I just didn't live up to modern trends, I guess. My response to, to, to Nick's comment would be, if I were you, was... You know what? If a if a guy who dresses like a nineteen year old calls me the worst dressed, I'm going to take that. <laughs> well, it's also one of those things where goalkeepers sometimes have the uh, most fragile egos. Oh, so I, I want to make sure I don't I don't push <laughs> that button, especially when he was on my team. Great point. Great point. Well, Robbie, best of luck to you as you uh, start medical school and the next chapter of of your life and and your new career. And we thank you for giving us some time on Pitch Pass. We appreciate it. I really appreciate that, Greg. Thank you. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.